And month 12 is to celebrate, baby. Woohoo! Celebrate your success. Look back at how far you've come and spend all the money you've saved. I'm just kidding. That was just my one. <laughs> Victoria's like, oh, I don't remember putting that in. It's yeah. like penciled in with crayon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, chicks, I'm Sal. And I'm Al. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons for the gals from the gals. And Alex and I are huge bookworms. We're both little nerds. 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 And we love to spend our spare time either at Frankie's or in our beds reading. There is no Mm in-between. And if you follow us on Instagram, you might have seen that we do a cute little series called Books to Read in Your 20s where we share some of our fave bookie wookies to help you survive your... Bookie wookies. That's right. Bookie wookies. TM. I don't know how I feel about that one, but okay, we're going to go with it. But yeah, we share our favourite books, literature, to help you survive your second decade. And I think it was back in our second season, we did an episode on books to read in your 20s and you chicks loved it. Mm. So we decided that we're going to come back and do a part two. Plus when we put it on our Instagram story, that was the highest requested one of a mm-hmm. part two. Yeah, exactly. So you guys asked for it. So you're going to get it. So here because it is. Because we love you. Because we cherish you. <laughs> Anything you chicks want, you get. We okay. don't care about your opinions. What do you want for Christmas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Send exactly. your mummies your Christmas wish list. Oh, my God, don't. We actually wouldn't be able to resist. <laughs> yeah, we fully would. <laughs> Send ourselves broke. We're literally both that um, person that's like, oh, I got your present. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, literally. It's actually quite pathetic. But before we get into the books, what's your life lesson of the week, Al? Okay, my life lesson of the week is do not let your friends cut your hair. Or your boyfriend's hair. Story time. (laughs) Story time. (laughs) So we went out with friends on like a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And I know what you think. Like you think that, oh, everyone was drunk and they cut hair. Wrong. It's worse. Because we all had a slumber party after having drinks. And the next morning we all woke up, got coffees. The boys got an orange juice because they're boys and they're children, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And it was sunny. We're in Bondi. Music's playing. Anyway, my friend is like, to my partner, oh, I'll just get, I can give you a trim. Mm. Anyway, this boy sits in her kitchen, like he, she's done the trim. It looks fine. It looks great. No issue. Decides he wants a bloody 90s Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic haircut. Mm. And I was like, babe, like P is not a, a hairstylist. hairstylist. Like she can trim hair, but she's not, this isn't going to work. Also, I'm pretty dusty so Mm. I'm like not really paying attention yeah and so then anyway haircut wraps up my boyfriend now has a Karen reverse mullet (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're thinking mullet sexy no Mm -mm. it had these like two long strands at the front of like the most satanic curtain bangs you've ever seen oh my god and then was like someone took a wood chopper to the back of his head and it was so bad. He had beautiful long curly hair, went to the barbers to get it fixed and now it's like borderline a short back and sides. Oh, no, that's so sad. It is honestly one of the worst things that's happened to me and I'm not even being dramatic. And Pia felt so bad. She cried. She cried. She was like, I've ruined your boyfriend. And I was like, yes, you have. 
You're like, you know what? You yeah. know what? You did. And I'll be suing for damages. Uh-huh. <laughs> and even my poor partner who's like, do you still love me? I'm like, yeah, I do, but I liked your hair longer. Like I'm not mm. even, I'm not even, I'm like, you're growing it back. We're not mincing words No, yet. no, 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 no. Because if I make you feel good about it, he's going to keep it short. Yeah, don't do that. No. It's for his own good and yours as well and oh. the future of the relationship. I was like, how would you feel if I shaved my head? And he was like, I'd still love you. And I was like, well, shit. I know. That's what Chris says as well because one time – so my sister is or was actually a hairdresser and is trained and, you know, can cut people's hair. But Chris has quite long hair and always has. And this was maybe 10 years ago now. But she was giving him a trim, right, and I wasn't in the room. Oh, So usually I would be there being like, that's enough, that's enough. That's what I should have done. Yeah, and Chris would be like, no, 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 let's take it a bit shorter. And I'm like, no, no, no. Anyway, he came out and this was when, like, he had, like, the big side fringe and everything, like, was still full emo. And it was, like, up to here instead of before. Like Lord Farquaad Bob. Yeah, whereas before it was almost down to his nipples and I literally did not speak to them for two days. I was like, how dare you? How dare you do this? How dare you do this? Yeah. So I totally understand your pain. Why is, like, guys getting haircuts weirdly embarrassing for them? It is. Do you know when, like, you're in high school and, like, a guy would come with his hair, like, freshly cut and it was so different because there's so (laughs) long in between when guys get haircuts. When they get haircuts, it's kind of like the same energy as starting a new job. Fully. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that same, like, awkward, like... You're like, hey, how you doing? (laughs) Marla's story, life lesson, don't let friends cut your hair. And if you're a boy, don't get a haircut. Ever. Ever. Just grow it long and strong and Mm -hmm. down again, friction on. Brendan Fraser in George's Jungle. That's the brief. (laughs) 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 All right, so now that Sally's had an orgasm, what's your life lesson of the week, babe? (laughs) Okay, my life lesson is how to get 10 days off in a row over Christmas, only using three annual leave days. What? Magic. Wait, I just locked my leave. Fug. I think you're okay. The way okay. that we planned it out, we've still used this hack. Don't okay. Oh, lit. We didn't even know we were doing it. I know. I wouldn't have left you in the lurch. So Christmas this year falls on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which means that the Monday and the Tuesday are both public holidays. So if you book Wednesday the 28th to Friday the 30th off, you get that whole week off. Then New Year's Day is a Sunday, which means the Monday is also a public holiday. So if you book between the 28th and the 30th off, you get 10 days off in a row. Yeah. And you only use three days. Tress for three days. days. Got that? Three, <laughs> three days. days. Little Mermaid reference for Oh, you guys my gosh. Yeah. That's so good. Very good. Mm-hmm. So Christmas is coming up. Book your leave. This is why we have over 200 hours of leave. I know. Because you and I literally like, how can we hack the system? How can we milk the system for all it is worth? Mm -hmm. Capitalism! (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Charles listening to this like, excuse me. (laughs) But it is a good hack and, God, it's been a long year. Everybody deserves a good break. Fingers crossed Christmas will go ahead unscathed, knock on wood. Everything is fine. Please. Please. But we yeah. just want a normal Christmas mm-hmm. for once. Please. Okay. It's been too long. Anyway, now that we've got our life lessons Now that everyone's way, got a haircut and logged their leave. Yay! Let's, let's get into the episode. Woo! Okay, so we're going to be going tip for tat, sharing some of our Tip favorite... for tip. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Again, only fans. <laughs> You're like, Alex, sometimes things need to stay in drafts. <laughs> Just because it's a podcast doesn't mean you need to say everything you think. You're like, no. False. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> okay, so let's dive straight in. What is your first book that the chicks have to read in their 20s? All right, my first pick is The Strength in Our Scars by Bianca Sparacino. So this book is good for... If you're looking or needing to or maybe not even realising that you need to move on, let go and heal from any past, you know, trauma, relationships, whether they're romantic, friendships, family, this book kind of allows you to take a step out of how you're feeling and what's happened and actually let go of it. And there's definitely been relationships in my life that I kind of thought, yeah, no, I'm done with it. I'm not mad about it. And then when I was kind of reading this book, I realised that there were thoughts that I was still having that meant that I hadn't let go of it. That meant that I hadn't quite fully healed from, you know, that relationship or what had happened, whether it like was just a a fight that had happened that I was still holding on to or, Mm. you know, something that had happened with my parents or something going on within my life that there are still little things that this book showed me that I was holding on to and I was able to actually let go of them. Mm. And so there's a quote that I actually also wanted to share from this book, which I'm going to read for you guys. Love. And it is, and this is a quote that I think all of us need to hear regardless of where we're at in life. But it is quite simple. When it comes to anything in life, relationships, friendships, the work you do, the art you make, when it comes to anything, if it does not create an avalanche in your chest, if it does not move you and inspire you, and if it does not come from the deepest part of who you are, it is not for you. It is not for you. Wow. I know. When I read that, I was like... Made me want to slap my grandma, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, that's, that mm. hit the heavy stuff. And it's just like, it literally is, if you don't feel like your whole gut is in something, mm. why are you doing it? And we so often do that because we are just going with emotions. From obligation of being like, oh, do you know what, like this person really wants me to do this thing or I know like my parents want me to go to uni but I don't want to, I want to go travelling, like things like that within your life that if you don't feel like it's right for you, if you don't feel that with your whole entire, every cell of your body, Mm. then do not do it. The life lesson as well that I got from reading this book and kind of made me realise everything from every relationship that I've had with both the wrong and the right ones is that all the love that you have given to the wrong people will find its way back to you. And that was another quote from this book that like even when maybe you've been dating the wrong person and you gave them a lot of love and you didn't necessarily get it back, someone will come along, however that form might be, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a family member, they will give that love you feel you lost back to you. Oh, I love that. Isn't it? I was like, this book had me sobbing at some points mm. and really like a really big moment of self-reflection, but definitely one that. I think we all have little moments to heal from throughout our life, especially once we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s. So, like, keep it keep it going. You yeah, know, we literally. keep counting. It's something that you probably should read, like, every decade mm-hmm. at least. Give yourself a little reminder. And I just felt really light after I finished it. 
That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. There's nothing worse than when you read a nonfiction book or, you know, a self-help book or whatever it may be and then you end up just feeling bad about yourself because mm. it's all the things that you should be doing and then you're like, I don't do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Love that. Love it. Anyway, what's your awesome. top pick? Okay, my first book to read in your 20s is actually one that I read when I was maybe 21 or 22, mm. and it's Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. You've told me about this one. Yeah, so I think I saw Roxanne speak at maybe like the Sydney Writers Festival Ooh. or the Festival of Dangerous Ideas or something like that. And that The Festival of Dangerous Ideas sounds like a very good time if it was like a festival festival. I know. You know right? what I mean? Yeah, like if it was an actual yeah. music festival. <laughs> I would be there. I don't with think they do it anymore. Maybe we should steal that idea. Trademark. And watch it. Done. This book is good for women or feminists in general who are trying their best, but sometimes feel like they are full of contradictions mm. and maybe not being the best feminist. Because I think Being a feminist is such a broad thing. It's such a different experience based on who you are and where you are in your life and, you know, the different privileges that you have and whatnot. But as a 21 or 22-year-old, I didn't quite understand that and thought that it was very, like, clear-cut and, Mm. you know, like, you have to do this to be a good feminist, like, you have to believe in X, Y, Z and that there wasn't much room for grey area, which just isn't realistic. It doesn't make sense. It's like if you ask someone to do the definition of a good person, Mm -hmm. there's no like, that term is subjective. Good is subjective. Yeah. And what I love, so Roxanne is a, an author. She's a Haitian American author. And the book kind of, she talks about her experiences with being a feminist, also feminism in pop culture and history and where it is this book was published in 2014 Mm. but still where feminism is in you know kind of the current day and she talks about those contradictions so you know for example being a feminist but then maybe listening to a rap song that Mm. is full of slurs against women or wanting to be strong and independent but then also wanting a boyfriend or partner to build a piece of furniture for you and reconciling with that and the contradictions of being a feminist. And I think that the life lesson that I picked up from Bad Feminist is that we're not perfect. There's no one perfect feminist. We're all full of contradictions. But I think the biggest one for me at the time was that as a white woman in Australia, that my version of feminism is very different and full of privilege compared to the majority of women in the world. And I think that really changed how I interact with other women and also just see feminism across the board. And that basically at the end of the day, I want women to have a better experience no matter what that is. And it's not a race to the bottom and that that's kind of like the lens that I look at it. Mm. So I feel like that really shaped my 20s. Mm, I definitely feel like I can see how that's shaped you as a person as well. Mm. Like knowing you, that you kind of do have that outlook and you do very much recognise your privilege so much. Like when I first met you, like you helped like educate me on certain matters and things mm. like that, which I would maybe say certain things and you'd be like, no. Mm. I mean, we've known each other for six years, right? wasn't like it was last week. So it's a good book. It's a series of essays, but 
don't let that put you off. It's incredibly funny, insightful, and full of lots of personal stories that make it really easy to read. Mm. Oh, that it. sounds lovely. Yeah. We'll put it on the list. Mm, put it on the bookshelf, skills. Alrighty. My second pick is the new book from Dolly Alderton. So you might recognise that name because she's also the author that wrote Everything I Know About Love, mm-hmm. the hit Stan series. Mm-hmm. It was adapted into a series on Stan. We I both sobbed. love it. It was literally such a good show. If you haven't read the book, read the book. If you haven't watched the show, read the read the show. Read the show, read the script. Right, all right. <laughs> Very good from me this morning. But basically she's back with another hit mm-hmm. and it's called Dear Dolly on Love, Life and Friendship and it is a collection of her columns that she used to write in her early 20s where people would write in to Dear Dolly, bit different to the uh, Dolly Doctor. That's exactly what I was imagining. I know, it, it gave me that <laughs> vibe too. But it's I a read bit, that too. It's a bit different. So Dear Dolly is great for those who are feeling a little bit lost in their 20s or kind of feel like they're getting hit after hit after problems that are happening in their life or thinking, like, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? And it's... Relatable content. Yeah, it's very, very (laughs) relatable content. And it kind of shows you that your problems or the things that are happening in your life aren't the be-all and end-all. And it covers dating, friendship, sex, breakups, family body and soul, a whole range of things that the, she will, like, fit her columns that she wrote into. Mm-hmm. And some of my favourite questions or Dear Dollies that were sent in, which were just so f***ing funny but also good to read, bit of a mix. One, my best friend didn't make me her bridesmaid. Ooh. If you didn't make me a bridesmaid, there would be no wedding because <laughs> you'll be dead. Oh, good. Good tonight. You're like, all right, so if I ever get married, don't make Alex my bridesmaid, then I don't have to get married because I'll be dead. <laughs> Perfect. Two, do you believe in the right person, wrong time? That mm. is a very interesting chapter that a lot of us probably need to read. Yep. <laughs> I get biblically slaughtered every time I'm drunk. <laughs> Did Again, I write that in? Relatable. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then... My Probably my number one favourite that was fun to read. I'm worried I love dogs more than men. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Which I can also relate to. Been there. Done that. <laughs> as, as if you've listened to the controversial smash or pass of crushes, then you'll know that Sal thinks I'm a furry. So, <laughs> you know, it's not true. Thank you. Don't awesome. even fuck with me on this. <laughs> but it's... Kind of there's highs and lows within this book. There are some that are a bit more serious than others. But the main life lesson that I took away from reading this book is something that's said at the start is that problems shared are problems halved. So when you think like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Like my life is completely falling apart. When you share that problem with someone else or when you read about someone who's had a similar problem to you, that problem feels a lot smaller mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel as heavy on your chest anymore. So that's why I really love this book because it does make you laugh and it does make you giggle at some of these really funny Dear Dolly columns that are sent in, but then there are other ones that you can really feel relate to you and your life. Mm-hmm. Um and I just love the way she writes. It's just a good time. Me you too. feel like you're sitting down with a friend yeah. with the way that she writes. She's like the real life Carrie Bradshaw. Fully. <laughs> but less problematic. Love her. Love her. <laughs> yeah, absolute vibe. 
Okay, my next book to read in your 20s is Wardrobe Crisis by Claire Press. So this book is good for the girlies, gays, theys and everyone else who has a passion for fashion, as brats would say, but also want to shop with more intention and be more sustainable and maybe feel a little bit maybe feel a little bit guilty or mm. have some questions about you know their their purchases. Mm-hmm. So Claire is a fashion journalist. She's worked for the likes of Marie Claire and she was also Vogue Australia's very first sustainability editor. That's so cool. Yeah. So I think it was actually like a world first, which mm. is amazing. So also wild. Yeah, I know. But shows that we're making good strides. Mm. But I think the thing that I love about her is that she loves fashion and she loves clothes and she always has. But this book examines how we've gone from having like Sunday best to fast fashion. How did we get there? And sort of raising those questions of where do our clothes actually come from? So she looks at like every single step of the supply chain and really shows how problematic this industry is. But I think the life lesson that I picked up from this book, aside from all of that information that I didn't really know prior to reading this book, which was in around, you know, 2018 or so, Mm. was that you can love clothes, but you can still be sustainable. So I think prior to that, I'd been shopping a lot of fast fashion. Mm. You know, I felt the pressures to buy a new outfit for every single event, Um, you know, would have clothes in my wardrobe that still had the tags on that I'd never worn, all of those things that I think is really relatable. But I felt like fashion was such a big part of my identity and expressing myself. Mm. So I didn't know how to reconcile with that. I want to be sustainable. I want to do better for the planet. I want to do better, you know, in terms of financially, spend more responsibly, but also I don't want to give up that part that I feel like is such an important part of my identity. And I think after reading this book, I realized that's okay. You know, I started shopping vintage more, feeling less pressured to wear new clothes to every single event, you know, leaning into restyling pieces in my wardrobe, but then also not feeling guilty when I do want to buy a new purchase Mm. and buy a new you know piece of clothing and actually through her blog is how I found good on you as well yeah so absolutely incredible she has a podcast as well and she also has another book coming out in 2023 there isn't much word on what it's going to be about but I'd say it would be about sustainability and fashion so we'll put it on the good reads to read list Mm -hmm. we'll let you know we'll let you know keep you in the loop yeah All right, well, my finale recommendation. <laughs> finale. My finale recommendation is, you know, it's too right, chicks. We've got to throw, got to throw a finance one in there. <laughs> I, before I read this book, the idea of reading a book about money sounded like scraping my nails against a chalkboard and sticking a toothpick under my big toe and kicking a wall. I know you like that reference. Every time. Every time. But it really just communicates how I feel about it. Mm. Like I remember my mum growing up, she's like, you should read The Barefoot Investor. And I was like, no, thanks, Therese. It's a no for me, dog. 
But it is, and this probably comes as no shock to anyone, She's on the Money by Victoria Devine. You've very likely heard of Victoria Devine. She has her own podcast, She's on the Money, as well as a lot of social channels and courses, as well as she does a lot of talks, Mm -hmm. like live talks and um, panels about kind of getting on top of your finances when you're young, but also at all ages. Mm -hmm. And this book is good for the people that get their paycheck and then have no idea where their money goes by the end of the month and then they're doing that cheeky little transfer back from their savings if their savings exist or they're eating two-minute noodles for the last week until they get paid. Mm -hmm. This book is for you because that was and sometimes still is me. Mm -hmm. She covers literally everything you need to know about managing your money and I don't want to kind of go through every little step because there's just so much that you can do. But I did want to run through this part at the end of the book where she shares a 12-month plan on how to get on top of your finances. And each month is every step because the main life lesson that I took from this book is managing your money is not something you know how to do. Mm. It's not something that you you know, come out the womb and you know how to manage money or, you know, you go to high school and they teach you. It's it's a skill that is not only learned but built upon and nurtured and you can unlearn it and it's something that you need to constantly work on. It's something that I'm constantly working on, you know, like mm. I can definitely get a little bit of that like, oh, that's really nice. You know what? Fuck it. I'll just buy it. Yeah. Like I'm like, you want, you get anything you want, baby, to myself. Yeah, literally. Anything you want, princess. Yeah. Like had a hard day. Buy something. Had Had a good good day. day, Buy something. something. So, you know, we've all been there. So this is in the book if you want to kind of break it down further. Mm -hmm. But month one is your money storing and budgeting. So this month you're going to find your starting point. You're going to look at, you know, what you make and what your bills are and map everything out. Month two is goal setting and money mapping. So all about creating a foundation and cash flow of where you want to be spending your money, savings that you want to be creating. Month three is finding your experts. So depending on your goals and values, you may need to have an expert on your side, maybe an accountant, Mm -hmm. maybe someone that helps you build or pay off your debts if you have any. Financial advisor. Mm -hmm. Month four is superannuation. This is where you sort out your super. If you're one of those people that have no idea who your super is, maybe look into that. Some of them, a bit questionable. Mm -hmm. Or you might have like three different super accounts and you need to put them all together. Month five is protection. So it's time to protect your goals with the right types of insurances around your money. I definitely don't have that. (laughs) Month six is your halfway checkpoint, kind of like to look in at your journey and how you've been doing. If you've been slipping a little bit, this is your point to kind of like get back into it as well. It's halfway through the year. I feel like you get a bit of a second wind halfway through the year to be like, goals. (laughs) Goals. Month seven is self-care. The goal is to promote positive money conversations. You could do journaling, write down your wins, write down your fails. Month eight is estate planning. So if you are on the off chance become incapacitated or die, having your affairs in order will make the entire experience easier on your loved ones. Bit depressing, but good to do. Yeah, definitely. Month nine is to double down on debt. And ramp up your savings, you know, going to start getting into the holiday season pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of reminders of being like, do you have a direct debit to your savings account? Are you meeting the goal that you set for yourself? Month 10, continuing education. Use this month to learn more about a money topic that you've always wanted to know. Maybe it's investing. Mm -hmm. 
Month 11 is a spending detox. This month, focus on limiting all of your spending to the only things that you really need to buy. And month 12 is to celebrate, baby. Woohoo! Celebrate your success. Look back at how far you've come and spend all the money you've saved. I'm just kidding. That one's just my one. <laughs> Victoria's like, I don't remember putting that in. It's yeah. like penciled in with crayon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like in the Dimmick store being like, spend all your money. And then I put my like account number and BSP. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, send it here. <laughs> exactly. Donate to charity. Alex or again. Legit. <laughs> Please. I love that because mm. we're coming towards the end of the year. We're all starting to think about our 2023 New Year's resolutions and goals. And this is good because you don't have to plan it out. The planning is done, done. for you. And Victoria's there to tell you what to do. Yeah. And there's multiple check-in points so you won't fall off. Mm -hmm. And each kind of section has like dot points of kind of like journal prompts or like activities, like homework. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it's a good good vibe. It doesn't feel preachy being like you're bad with your money. In fact, she has things being like have just like a throwaway account to just Mm. put money in that when you are on a night out and be like, you know what? I think I'm going to buy everyone a round of fireball shots, (laughs) which the next morning you're normally like, why did I do that? Whereas you've got an account for that now. Yeah, so true. Your fun account. Again, still not the example she used. Um, (laughs) That is. We're trying to make it um, relatable. An Alex Hurrigan edit. Mm -hmm. But Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're trying to adapt it to the two broke chicks context, you know? She's like, please don't. (laughs) She's like, "Mm, I didn't give permission to cease and desist. (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. True. True. Yep. 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 All right. What's your finale pick? My finale is, so my last book that you need to read in your 20s is a new one and it is Love This View by Denny Todorovic. So you might know Denny. They're on Instagram, Style by Denny, and they're a fashion icon, have worked in the industry for years and years, but also have grown a really big community from you know, sharing a lot about their journey to authenticity. So I think if anybody's going to write the book on this, Mm, it's Denny. 100%. So this book is really good for people who I guess are feeling a little bit lost or feel like they're not quite living their most authentic life but need a little friendly, you know, little nudge, little to get there. A little pat on the back but like a little bit of push too. Yeah, exactly. So this book is almost half memoir. So far, Denny is still very young, so I don't want to say memoir. They've still got Mm. a lot of living to do, but kind of like half memoir of life lessons and then also half a guidebook on how to live your most authentic life. And kind of like we were saying about She's on the Money, a reason that I really love this book is that it's full of activities. So there'll be moments. I downloaded the um, audio book, which I really enjoyed listening to, and there's moments where Danny's like, okay, take a breath before we get into this activity. Aww. Like it might be a bit rough. So there's breathing exercises, there's playlists, which I love. Which you, you would froth that. Yeah, which you can like look up on Spotify and Denny will be like, all right, now listen to this, like have a boogie and then like come back. That's such an energy. Yeah, so that's why I do recommend listening to the As an audio book. book. Because as well, when you're reading the book, you read that and be like, oh, yeah, bing, bang, bong, I'm just going to keep reading. Yeah. Like, I know I would do that. Probably not everyone. I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush. No. But 
I would be like, oh, I'm just going to keep reading. Whereas yeah. when you're listening to an audio book and someone, like you hear in your ears, someone tell you to take a breath, you actually do it. It's the same as when someone's like, relax your forehead, unclench your jaw and drop your shoulders. You're like, oh, dear God, that's good. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And also like Danny is just so calming and cute and has mm. little giggly moments in the book. So I really enjoyed listening to it. But because the book is, you know, sort of about Denny's life and journey and the foundations of living your most authentic life, it covers a few different pillars of that. So, you know, family, sexuality, gender, lots of different things. But mm. I think the chapter that I related most to was the one about body image. Mm -hmm. And the life lesson that I got from that chapter was throw away your skinny pile. So I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but reading it, I was like, holy shit, Denny, you are speaking to me. Mm. And it's you have these clothes in your closet that either you bought and they never fit mm. or maybe they're old and they no longer fit or it's the sort of thing that you put on and you're like, oh, I'm too X to wear this. I need to be more blah, blah to wear this. Which, like once I lose weight, I can wear this. Yes, and I think people keep those items in their closet because they think it's going to act as a motivation for them to lose weight or change their body in some way. First of all, that's problematic in itself. Mm. Second of all, it doesn't work. It just makes you feel bad about yourself. It makes you feel bad about yourself and you feel shame and that's not inspiring. That's not going to get you to change your behaviours and you shouldn't. a piece of clothing shouldn't be changing who you are. Mm. Imagine being able to go to your wardrobe and not being able to pick because you look absolutely fucking fire and everything. Mm -hmm. That's the energy. Yeah. So I think what I learned about this was donate those items in your wardrobe that no longer fit you or just no longer serve you. They don't spark joy. Mm. You don't feel good. You don't feel like yourself in them. And then if there are things that you've been like, oh, I can't wear that, put it on and you'll see that you can wear it. It's on your body, so you're wearing it. Mm. And doing that is really empowering. Mm. So when I was listening to this, I was like, okay, and I went through my wardrobe and there were a few things and I put them in a bag and I plan to give them to my sister who has Beautiful. a slightly different body shape to me and she can rock it and I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so that was one thing that I learned from this book, but there's – so much that to learn from Denny and the playlist alone. I mean, come on. You can tell a lot by uh, the sorts of content that we consume because Denny's book also sounded like it was written by Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> like you can tell that Denny is obsessed with Sex in the City. Into it. Yeah, and that comes through in just like the little one-liners and the mm. – like it's very cute. And I couldn't help but wonder. Yeah, it's very that. Yeah. Well, on that note, I couldn't help but wonder, what's your product pick of the week? Oh, uh, we love a little shopping mm. moment. So my product recommendation of the week is actually a service. Ooh. It is Renta, which is a mm. clothing rental online store and service that Al and I used recently. And with the party season coming up, like we have so many Christmas parties, New Year's, I'm like getting stressed just thinking about it and thinking about all the things I have to wear. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying, after reading Claire's book all those years ago, I'm trying to avoid buying something new for every f***ing event. Same. So 
It's rent, also expensive. It's very expensive. And I, it's, you know, we all have this experience. You buy a dress for a party and then you wear it once and then you never wear it again. Yep. So Renta has a lot of really great brands that you would usually be shopping at this time of year, like Beckenbridge, Age, Sir, Alice McCall, you know, that whole vibe, you know, the, the party dresses mm-hmm. for the girlies. And you can rent stuff on there from $90 and these dresses retail at, you know, hundreds. hundreds. So it's such a great way to get a new outfit but not spend as much money and then also save clutter in your wardrobe and then it's a more sustainable option as well. So you shop online, pick the outfit that you want, select the date range for whenever you need it, they send it to you and then you literally just wear it and you send it back in the prepaid packaging that they send you. Yeah. So you don't have to go to the post office and like do all of that. It's so easy. You don't have to clean the outfit. The return slip's literally in there, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. So definitely try it out. And there's so many like rental clothing companies online now. It's like, I definitely recommend getting around it. Mm. What's your product, Rick? So my product rec is a product that I've recommended before, but with a twist. Ooh. So if you listen to the tried and tested beauty products we swear by, you would know that I'm an absolute slut for the Bondi Sands tanning water. Mm-hmm. I have dry skin. I've got eczema. Some tans work, some tans don't, and I look like that tiger cob loaf at your local Woolies. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. Oh, Yeah. But, like, mine doesn't even wait a week to get there. Sometimes I put a tan on and, like, with my eczema, it's just like... Mm. (laughs) That was good. Thank you. Didn't realise that was going to come out like that, to be honest. That was primal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the Bondi Sands tanning water is such a gentle, foaming tanning water. So you literally put it on a mitt, rub it on your skin, and that's it. And anyway... They've now come out with an ultra dark. Ooh. And it is the best. I know I say this whenever I'm talking about a new tanning product that I've used because I love the tanning, foaming tanning water in dark. I also love the Cocoa and Eve dark tan. Mm-hmm. But this one is definitely my new favourite on the roster. It does not stick to any dry patches. It does not smell. I put it on and I wash it off in the morning and it literally is probably one of the most natural tans I've ever used. Wow. And it doesn't go streaky. You can see where you're applying it. And I put it on like a Thursday or a Wednesday maybe. Went out on the town, went to the beach on the Saturday and Sunday, was swimming in the ocean, was not being very good with my moisturising routine. Mm-hmm. And honestly by the next Wednesday still looked absolutely golden. Wow. If you're watching the video, I'm wearing it right now. You can comment and tell me how tanned and beautiful I look. She if you does like. look very bronzed Thank and you. beautiful. I love that. So good. It's, I think, $20 or $22 around that price point. It's available at Chemist Warehouse and it is my tanning product for the summer. Mm. 100%. Without a doubt. Love that. Because there's nothing sexy about a melanoma. Cancer council. What was that? Is that was that it? I think it, there's nothing healthy. Oh, mine's better. It, yeah. <laughs> Again, with a twist. With a twist. And Alex re-edit. We've had a few of those this episode. Mm-hmm. I like it. 
I just can never remember anything, so I just make it my own. Yeah, I'm Trademark. into it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's still copyright. Yeah, literally. Trademark. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that is a wrap for another fabulous episode of Two Broke Chicks. We'll make sure to chuck a link to all of the books that we recommended in the show notes. As always, thank you to our production team, Priya Tahizade and Made in Katana Studios, for making today's episode possible. And thanks to you, chicks, for having us in your ear holes. We, we love, love to be, be here. here. Boy, boy. See you at the library. Go read your books. <laughs> read your books. Read your books. <laughs>